episode of You Can't Get to Heaven in a Miniskirt. My name is Jessica. And my name is Sarah. And you probably follow us on social media, so I don't even need to do the plugs. Thank you for supporting us. We are yeah. super excited. Hopefully our bonus content will be good enough for you to keep supporting us. Hopefully there's some people listening to this and it's not just yeah. <laughs> something just, that no one's accessing. It's just my sister. Like, that's it. There's nobody yeah. else listening. So do you want to tell people what we are talking about today, Jessica? So, okay, yeah, I do want to tell people really bad. Our first, (laughs) I've gone down multiple rabbit holes in the past 24 to 48 hours just to kind of like get a really good feel about all things purity culture. And so there's 10,000 things rolling around in my brain right now. I also started like going down these weird rabbit holes about eugenics, which we're not going to talk about. Oh, no. Also, Sarah, before we get started, you just told me that somebody DM'd us on Instagram and told us to repent and follow the gospel, and you answered. And what did you say? So he said, repent and believe the gospel. No punctuation, just that. And I said, no thanks, smiley face. (laughs) And he saw it 14 minutes ago, so I don't know what he expects. Does he think I'm going to be like, ah, you're right. Okay. I know. It's not like know your audience, man. I know. Oh my gosh, the comments that we're getting on these videos are like, "You were never saved. You ne- you never were a Christian." Because they're all Calvinists. Yeah, we never were a Christian because we were predestined to be garbage clay, right? Yeah, exactly. Garbage clay. Well, you know the funny part about it, like the counter opinion to Calvinism is Arminianism, and mm-hmm. they believe that you can be saved and then lose your salvation. But Calvinists, they're like once saved, always saved. So when people fall away and aren't Christian anymore, they're like, oh, you were never a real Christian. So Calvinists believe that once saved, always saved, except when you're not predestined to be saved. That's what's confusing to me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't 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 matter. (laughs) So we want to talk about purity culture as a whole and random things that we've come across because I think that there's so many little portions to purity culture that we aren't really able to make a whole episode on, but we want to just like rip through a few things. Can we start the, with what? With <laughs> camp dress codes? Can we start with like <laughs> yes. how, like literally a few weeks ago, I was getting ready for work and I was like raising my head above my hands, like bending over, and my stomach showed when I did that with my top. And I was like, oh, do you think this top's too short? Look, it shows my stomach when I do this. And my partner was like, how often do you do that at work? Like, raise your hands above your head. And I was like, okay, good point. <laughs> well, do you ever um, put on a skirt and make sure that it's going past your fingertips when your arms are down? Or shorts? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I naturally do that. I don't really wear skirts that short, though, usually. No, we don't actually wear mini skirts. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm not really a skirt person <laughs> as much. I need to be able to spread. <laughs> yeah. 
manspread and mansplain. Well, you know that skorts are back in, which is like. Yeah, I love when fashion comes back around. I loved a good skort in the oh, 90s. That was my really, jam. I don't know if I can get on board with a skort. Not now. Should we, should we call our bonus episode? You, you can't, can't get, get to heaven, heaven in a, a mini skort. Because <laughs> anything not past the fingertips, you're still a slut. So yeah. I thought I would share some stories about camp dress codes. So I yeah. remember once. I was going to say I had itty bitty titties, still do. But once I was like wearing a tank top that was three finger lengths, but my bra strap was slightly showing. So let's explain that. The tank tops had to be three fingers wide on the strap in order to wear it. Yeah. So what we would really do to get around that is we would just buy those like Walmart wife beaters. And, and wear those under camisoles. It was so yeah, bad. And it was bad. <laughs> I did that outside of camp because I was like, this is how I dress now. So bad. Yeah. There's so many pictures. There's so many pictures. Oh, I know. So your bra strap was showing. So my bra strap was showing and a male staff member was like, you need to go change or you need to pin that. And so oh. I so I went and someone like us women were pretty crafty. Someone had like mm. double sided tape and we did that. But other people would pin their bra straps in. And mm-hmm. I never like, I mean. It's a bra strap, Who guys. cares? It's a bra strap. But I still, to this day, I can't have my bra strap show. It stresses me out. Oh, no. I'm just like not wearing a bra right now, though. Like that. Well, there you go. That's I just <laughs> don't wear bras. I just don't wear a bra. <laughs> then you're a different kind of slut. You're like a hippie slut if you don't wear a bra. But yeah. I think um, if a bra strap is making you horny, this is an issue that needs to be addressed. Well, we shouldn't cause another man to stumble. That video yeah. you sent me, that's a Bible verse. Like, do not cause another man to stumble. What? video did I send I sent you so many videos it's so, oh it was just ridiculous. about someone saying like in the 90s it used to be the cool thing to do to be like oh don't be a stumbling block it's just another way of controlling women's bodies and again mm-hmm. placing the blame onto women and also in the other end like painting men out to be these like gross monsters that have zero self-control so in my research in the past few days the thing that has come up almost every single story, every single article. I've read probably a dozen to two dozen articles. Almost every single article mentions I kissed dating goodbye. It's like every single one. And when are these articles from? So a lot of them are from like 2016, 2017. And it's mentioning that as a good thing? No, 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 as a bad thing. Sorry, sorry. A lot of the articles that I read are people saying how fucked up they are because of purity culture. And they all talk about I Kiss Dating Goodbye as the reason that they're fucked up or one of the reasons. And I I knew that I Kiss Dating Goodbye was like huge, but I didn't realize how big it's articles on the New York Times. It's articles on NPR. It's in mainstream media when all this kind of went down, which was in 2016 when Josh Harris apologized and I I started going down like these rabbit holes of these Twitter accounts that were gathering people's stories about I kiss dating goodbye and then Josh Harris obviously did his apology and and all of that but I guess I didn't realize how prevalent the book was I guess I just didn't realize the scale and so speaking of causing men to stumble I have to show you this video okay we'll just watch like a minute of it so this is a video of Josh Harris speaking it looks nothing like him because now he's bald yeah but this is from the 90s a talk that he gave and it's wild like it is beyond it's beyond how an abstinence pledge in the 90s shamed a generation of evangelicals I believe you also have a unique opportunity to protect the purity 
of your brothers in the Lord. What I think you probably are not aware of is how difficult it is for a guy to look at a girl with purity in his heart when she is dressed immodestly. You have no idea how difficult it is. You have no idea. He's like, I'm getting a boner right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, this reminds me of that boyfriend that I had, the one that listened to the spoken word poetry. He would listen to spoken word poetry whenever he wanted to masturbate. And him and his roommates, they had a collective where they'd be like, I want to masturbate. And then the other one would be like, no, oh, let's listen to spoken word poetry instead. I'm not lying. And that, <laughs> I and that's so fine good. for them. But that did not help him respect women more because we would be making out and... There was one time where I had all my clothes on and all of his clothes except his underwear was off. And then he blamed me. He was like, oh, you're tempting me because like you're not a virgin. And that was the last Christian I dated. I know there are lots of lovely Christian men out there. I'm not really into men, but not really (laughs) into men. Not really into men. But um, (laughs) I was just like, I was so mad because I'm like, are you for real? Are you serious? You're blaming me for you taking off all your clothes. But that's purity culture right there. It turns (sighs) men into these like pent-up, sexually frustrated, like, googly-eyed boys, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that they're like, oh, men can't help themselves. But you're making that happen by making a bra strap taboo. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. For sure. And, like, I'm not against people dressing modestly if they do. Do whatever makes you comfortable. If you want to dress modestly, like, that's your prerogative. But don't do it because you're going to cause your brothers in Christ to stumble. And also women stumble. Like, women are turned on by people, too. Right? Not according to purity culture. No, women just dole out the sex. They don't actually want it. It's Which is why it's really easy to be a lesbian and not know it because you think sex is supposed to be awful or yeah. tolerable. <laughs> That's a tale that I've heard so many times in just researching purity culture. It's like, oh, I didn't actually know I was bisexual. I didn't actually know I was a lesbian or queer because I didn't understand my body. The things that I've read are really sad and so extreme. And what we went through in purity culture I feel like was extreme but there are so many worse stories than what we experienced and that makes me super sad because I personally have ongoing issues about sex from just being in Christianity from like ages 14 to 18 or 19 or whatever and I a my parents didn't even participate in talking about this kind of stuff So I didn't even get it from them. It's just from people from the church and I have issues. So I'm like, I can't imagine. The level for people. And I think because I, you know what I mean, backslid or whatever you want to call it. And like I lost my virginity in 19 and was sexually active and stuff and got kicked off teaching Sunday school. But I think the thing that did for me was like, I didn't have as much guilt around sex eventually. But at first I did though. Like at first that's I good. Felt, it's very confusing. So what was your journey? What was your journey like with the guilt? Well, at first I remember having this fear. A lot of the times, like I would wait to have sex or I would egg a guy on and <laughs> and do everything except sex. I don't know if it was because I was like avoiding sex, but I think I had no. It was because I was avoiding sex. I had this thing in my head where I was like, I don't want my number to ever get above ten. <laughs> I don't want to ever get to. I don't want to ever get to the double digits. I basically, so I, I was sexually assaulted and then I had a couple weeks of just being really drunk and I slept with like five people in two weeks. If you account the sexual assault, if you count the sexual assault and there, but two of those people I don't even remember sleeping with. I just like woke up next to them. So then after that period, I was like, fuck, I have to be really careful of who I sleep with and how many people I sleep with. 
because of the stigma of it. Oh, okay. So it's because, oh, I don't want to bring my number up because then I'll be the god. Yeah, people were calling me Slutty Sarah. And it was so weird. Oh, I, that is weird. Because I went from like, you're working not- in the UK and being like a church youth leader to the next year being at this like total party school in Canada out of province mm-hmm. and being called a slut. And they probably said that to you endearingly, I'm no, assuming. No, Like they, no. oh no, no really? Be- Who said that? I'm just in a mean way. A guy that I wouldn't sleep with. Oh. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like your friends being funny. No, no. People would call me that behind my back because of that two-week period. But like... Wow. I didn't understand to call what happened sexual assault at the time. And like this happened to so many people, people that were taken advantage of if they were blackout. And this is in 2009, 2010? 2009, yeah. yeah. Because I thought like if I didn't fight and I wasn't all like beaten up and bruised because I said no and then I froze and I don't know why I had that response but then I only knew about fight or flight I didn't know about fight flight freeze and and we didn't know the definition of sexual assault and consent as much back then like obviously it just wasn't in the zeitgeist as much you have to remember the times like it was a a, if it wasn't violent then it wasn't sexual assault and b you know if if I let it happen if you're drinking like yeah and then it took you years to come to grips with that even when we lived together in 2011. Oh, like that impacted me. Like I was like experiencing symptoms of PTSD mm-hmm. for like five years. And then I know that also made your journey of discovering your sexuality so much harder. Yeah. Because on top of all the guilt, I just, my God, Sarah, like we never, I don't really like realize like the shit that you went through until we really start getting But I was it. so in denial for my sexuality. Yeah. Like I was having like, this is so TMI. I would like have sex dreams about women when I was in high school and I would like <laughs> invent which guy I had a crush on and be totally fine not kissing or anything. So it's like, yeah, what was that like? So being in high school, I was really boy crazy. What did you feel about not having crushes on boys or did you have crushes on boys? I feel like if a guy liked me, then I'd be like, oh, he likes me. And then I would assess like, oh, do my friends think he's cool? Do my friends think he's cute? No, you can't. Don't 